You're listening to the RTE Today podcast featuring some of the best bits from our show on RTE One weekdays at half three. Welcome back to the show. Now it is that time of the week where we look at the stories behind the headlines with a little help from our medical friends. Yeah, well, our medical friend is here, Dr. Chris Luke. How are you, sir? I am very well, thank you, Megan. We are chatting about the flu. Yeah. The HSC has been reminding us that there's been a bit of a surge. Um, There have been about 11,500 cases since October. Mm -hmm. And as is usual, about a quarter of those, like it was 1,000 cases last week alone, and about a quarter of them were hospitalised, so it's not trivial. Um, You know, it it can be fatal. Uh, We've, you know, seen up to 500 deaths uh, every winter for the last, you know, number of decades, and 40 children have died in the last 10 years in Ireland. So people forget that they talk, I'm a bit fluey. No. Mm. I mean, real flu uh, knocks you flat. You know, it comes on very, very suddenly, a very high temperature, 38 and above, you're full of aches and pains. Yeah. Uh, you're absolutely, you feel worn out. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, you're not able for anything. Unlike a cold, a head cold, which is basically like the runny, runny nose yeah. and a bit of a sore throat and a bit of a snivel. Very different, you know. So the flu is very often very, very, very sudden and, and can be quite, you know, quite serious. You mentioned aches and pains. So what are the other symptoms we should look out for in flu? Well, as I say, sore throat. Uh, this lassitude or extreme fatigue, uh, feeling extremely unwell, aches and pains in every muscle, all over, completely all over, and, and the very, very high temperature. Yeah, you're inside bed, uh, Dr. Chris, and you feel all this. What should you do? Should you stay in there or well, what? Well, basically, you need to be, you know, it's the usual with infectious diseases. And remember, you know, before the era of antibiotics and vaccination, these were very often very, very serious and they were the, probably the leading cause of death 150, 100, 100 yeah. years ago. So basically, try and isolate for, for your sake and the sake of your friends and families. Uh, and, but, but if you can't eat and you're really very unwell or the, you, the person you're caring for is very unwell and becoming even drowsy mm-hmm. uh, and the whole thing is progressing mm-hmm. despite regular sips of, of you know, fluid, regular anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen mm-hmm. or paracetamol, then you need to talk to the GP and sometimes go to the emergency department. Okay. You're saying it's, um, you know, you have to isolate. So is it highly contagious then? Very contagious. Probably not as contagious as, say, measles okay. uh, and a bit more contagious than COVID, but nonetheless, it's pretty contagious. So uh, the viral particles will land, you know, on surfaces. Mm-hmm. So the best way to prevent it really... A, is to get vaccination, and vaccination is very easily available. There's a bit of a campaign going on through the GPs and the pharmacists. That's one of the great developments yeah. in Irish healthcare the last sort of five, ten years. So you can get advice from the pharmacist or the GP, and especially for the GP, for your kids and for for um, for you know for your those who are say over 65 yeah. and under four. They're the yeah. ones most. That was my next question. Yeah. Who needs to be careful here? Well, as I say, those age groups yeah. under four over 65, you know, the older, the very old and the very young. But also, you know, pregnant women, because flu can be quite toxic to a pregnancy. You Mm. can get low birth weight, prematurity, all that kind of thing, which you want to avoid if possible. And the good news is you can actually be vaccinated at any point in a pregnancy, millions and millions of women have been uh, pregnant women have been vaccinated over the last n- number of decades entirely safely. Mm-hmm. I just find out you know, if, if you get a flu, it's not just the, the days you have it; it's afterwards. It's kind of almost hard to shake it. It's kind of feel like it's, yeah, it's prolonged now. Yeah, absolutely. Something. I mean, and, and obviously we've been talking about COVID and post-COVID, uh, you know, legacy a, mm-hmm. a great deal. But you know, almost any infection can do that to you. Uh, certainly any viral. You get post-viral fatigue, and you can get a you know get a, a cough that goes on and on and on. Uh, so you know, it's, it's 
like most things, it can take you weeks to recover, mm. particularly bad from a yeah. bad dose. We're going to move on to our next story, Dr. Chris. Uh, we're going to show a picture here of Amy Schumer. Lots of people will know her, of course. Why did she have to come out and explain this photo? Yeah. Now, um, th- this is a kind of a, a bit of a mean girls mm. uh, uh, issue. Um, uh, Amy appeared... <laughs> uh. I'm not saying anything. No, Amy was on television and there were a lot of comments. Yeah. Some of them were a little bit mean-spirited about her yeah. puffy appearance. Her face was a bit puffy. Uh, and it turns out that she's on treatment for endometriosis. Yes. And endometriosis is one of those very, you know, under-discussed uh, uh, issues. And it's under-discussed because a lot of it takes a long time for it to be diagnosed in a lot of women. Yes. Now, the bottom line is the treatment she was on were, were hormonal-type treatment. And endometriosis treatments tend to be hormonal, you know, like progesterone, which can make you a bit, a bit mm-hmm. puffy, just the way steroids can make you a bit puffy. Yeah. So endometriosis, uh, just to remind the viewers, is where the tissues that line the womb, the endometrial tissues, are found elsewhere in the body, away from the womb. So it's almost like a metastatic problem. So they can be found particularly in the pelvis, around the fallopian tubes and the ovaries, but they can also gather around the the appendix and the colon, and they can even go as far as the lung. And I met a woman last week who'd had a a delay in diagnosis for years. Uh, And the clue was that every time she had her period, you know, pre-menopause, she got severe chest pain. And it it repeatedly experienced collapsed lungs. And it was only when someone twigged that this was uh, around the time of period that someone described it. It's called catamenial uh, lung collapse. And catamenial means like the menstrual period. And basically uh, what happens with the endometriosis tissues is that they grow just as if they're in the womb uh, and they break down and they bleed. But there's nowhere for the blood to go if it's in the lung or Mm. around the the, the organs. Uh, And sometimes they cause scarring and sometimes they need surgery. So removal of things like appendix and even the ovaries and fallopian Mm -hmm. tubes. So many women, like I think we all know someone affected by endometriosis, like, you know, and and crippling pain as well. How can we treat it? Yeah. Well, basically, just to, uh, on that point, anybody can get it. Anybody, okay. particularly uh, pre-menopausal women and older teenagers. It does, doesn't tend to occur in the first few years of post-puberty, but pre-menopausal women, uh, and, and, and it often runs in families. And in fact, that woman I was referring to, her, her daughter had it. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's a very disabling disease, often, not always, but often, and it, it typically creates a lot of very heavy periods and severe pain in the pelvis or the chest, wherever it is. Uh, and the treatment is uh, initially pain relief with mm-hmm. ibuprofen and paracetamol and that sort of thing. But sometimes people need, need surgery. Mm-hmm. In between, there's a, a wide array of, of hormonal treatment, mm-hmm. like progesterone, the conceptive pill and so on. She also has Lyme disease as well. Yeah, uh, well, that Lyme disease is a whole different yeah. a, a, a kettle of fish, which is basically caused by ticks. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she, I mean, uh, poor Amy has a whole lot of disease. Yeah, you and, know. The, and the fact she's going through all this and the fact that she had to come out and explain... Yeah, why she yeah. I thought it was a bit mean girls Yeah, you know, really. Uh, having said that, sometimes it can be useful when celebrities get... There's a pile-on onto celebrities with, yeah. with illnesses. I think it can be a very useful opportunity to discuss yeah. these quite disabling... And endometriosis is not just painful and disabling, but it can, you know, lead to uh, diminished fertility mm-hmm. and very significant mental health issues. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's good that we're talking about it because we're, mm-hmm. we're highlighting it. Now we're going to move on to our next story, News Talk. Um, uh, legal semi-synthetic cannabis is harming children's health and well-being. 
Yeah. There is a drug called HHC. It's hexahydrocannabinol. And basically a bunch of doctors from University Hospital Galway and Mercy University Hospital up the road, my old hospital, Mm -hmm. uh, have done some studies recently identifying a whole series of cases of people in Ireland uh, who have ingested this new, it's it's called a semi-synthetic, it's a semi-artificial cannabis. In other words, they take the ingredients of cannabis like TH, the famous THC. Mm-hmm. You know, we should all know by now that there are two basic ingredients, the, the yin and the yang of cannabis. There's the THC, which is the psychiatric, psychotropic stuff, for the, which gives you the kind of the euphoria. Mm-hmm. And there's the CBD, the famous CBD, mm-hmm. which is the medicinal bit. The yes. And there needs to be a balance between the two. If there isn't a balance and you have too much THC, you get a lot of mental health problems, mm-hmm. psychotoxicity, hallucinations, panic, paranoia. Uh, and the real concern is that um, the, the HHC is a very new and very artificial form of, 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 of synthetic uh, cannabis. And there have been a whole series of cases of severe psychosis, like really severe acute mental mm-hmm. illness in people who hadn't had this problem before. Young men who were psychotic for weeks, uh, hospitalised for weeks. And the other, course, issue that we're worried about is the ingestion by children mm-hmm. of so-called gummies. Okay. And these are sweets that, that look like jellies. They look like jellies. jellies like jelly but they're infused yeah. or laced with either these artificial ones or a lot of THC. So we've had a, a whole rake of cases of youngsters being brought into places like Temple Street in Dublin. Dr Chris, we have about a minute left. Uh, you have a story about Michael Mosley. What is Michael Mosley saying? Michael Mosley, in his latest mm. utterance, has reminded us that even a very mild degree of dehydration, as little as 1% of body weight, uh, can make you underperform. Mm-hmm. And the, the symptoms of uh, mild dehydration are the dry lips, mm-hmm. the dry mouth, the ha- headache, and just a sense of really being worn out, absolutely mm-hmm. worn out. And it's amazing how often just a couple of glasses of cold mm-hmm. water can, can remedy that. Lovely. Uh, we have to leave mm-hmm. it there, Dr. Yep. Chris, as always. Gurumila, always pleasure to have you on the show. If you'd like more information on about some of the things we've been speaking about there, check out hse.ie. You can also get more information on rte.ie forward slash support. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can tune in to the Today Show every day on RTE One from half three. Or if you miss it, you can watch back on the RTE player. Visit rte.ie forward slash player. Stay tuned.